All right, how you doing today? Good? All right, good. Hey, well, I hate to fail. And uh, anyone else here hate to fail? Sometimes you just got to laugh at it, though. I don't know if you've seen The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Anybody ever seen that? Uh, they, they've got, uh, he does a segment called Hashtags. And for those of you who don't know what a hashtag is, I'm not going to try to explain it. But uh, people send in funny stories and they revolve around specific hashtags. And one of the most common hashtags that show up again and again is around this idea of fail or hashtag fail. Um, so someone sent in this for summer vacation fail. We're going to have some summer vacation fails. This one's from MK LaFlavors. One summer, my family went to Disney World, and my parents thought they lost my sister in a crowd. They started freaking out and calling her name, only to realize that she was sitting on my dad's shoulders. <laughs> Lydia! Lydia! Oh, oh. We're going to have some uh, summer vacation fails this year, I'm sure. Uh, those of you going to the beach this year, or the shore, uh, this one came in under the hashtag beach fail from Chris Rebel Music. Uh, I thought I felt a shark rubbing against my leg, so I panicked and kicked it. Turned out to be a five-year-old. <laughs> ah! Mister, mister. Sorry. I have to add one of my own. This is not anything that appeared on the show, but uh, I put in a little hashtag pastor fail from at Pastor Brian V. Uh, we went door to door raising money for our mission trip. The first house, we asked someone for an egg. The next house, we sold the same egg for a dollar. By the end of the block, we were being questioned by the police. That is a true story and a true fundraiser attempt, a uh, failed fundraiser attempt, in fact. Uh, but, hey, there's got to be a better way to raise money for a mission trip. And there is, and it's called Generosity Sunday. And I just want to thank you guys, and I want to celebrate the generosity of our church. $8,000 came in. That is incredible. So thank you, thank you, thank you, all of you who gave to the 27 people from our church that are going out to serve Jesus around the world. It's not too late to give. You can still give. Just be sure to mark on your gift, Generosity Sunday. Well, failure is definitely a part of our life. I've failed many times. We all fail. And sometimes you got to laugh at it. And sometimes it's just really, really painful. Well, we're in a series today called Questions Jesus Asked. And have you seen how Jesus was a master at asking great questions? And when he would ask questions, sometimes people's lives would be changed on the spot. Um, he was a man who asked incredible and powerful questions. And today we're going to look at one of the over 300 questions that Jesus asked. And it's a question that Jesus asks in the midst of one of the biggest hashtag fails in the entire Bible. And it's the story of Peter. You guys know Peter, right? Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends... This is Peter, you know, on this rock, I'll build my church. It's Peter who boldly declared, I will die with you, Jesus. I'll lay down my life for you. I'll never deny you. And what does Jesus say? He's like, no, no, Peter. Actually, before the rooster crows, you're going to de deny me three times. And so Peter fails spectacularly. And uh, you guys know the story. The soldiers come. They arrest Jesus, and Jesus is taken off to trial in this kangaroo court. And Peter is there in the courtyard. And three times people come up to Peter and, and 
they ask him if he knew Jesus. And three times Peter denies it. He says, I never knew this man. And the rooster crowed. And Peter runs off weeping bitterly. It was a massive failure. And we've all failed. We've all failed Jesus in different ways. I think what's so amazing is, is how Jesus dies shortly after that on the cross. He rises from the dead. And is, isn't it amazing that Jesus doesn't leave Peter in his failure? And he comes back to Peter, not to condemn him, but to restore him. And it's so beautiful how Jesus does this because he does it with a question. And so today we're going to look at this powerful question Jesus asks Peter. And it's the question, do you love me? And Jesus is asking all of us today, do you love me? Do you love Jesus? And so check out John 21, 15 through 17. That's where we're going to be today. If you have your Bible, open it up. We're in John 21, near the book, end of the book of John. And follow along. This is John 21, verses 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus had been out fishing again. Peter said, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So failure really is a reality. Failure is a part of our life. Peter failed. We all fail in different ways. And what we see is that failure is a reality... But every failure is an opportunity to have your life changed by Jesus Christ. And the way that Jesus leads us out of failure is through this question. And it's the question, do you love me? It's the question, do you love Jesus? And there's so much hope in this question that Jesus asks us today. So I want to pray and then we're going to dive in. And we're going to look at this incredible question. What God can do in our life. So God, thanks for today. Thanks for um, each person you've brought here today. Thank you for those who are graduating. God, thanks for um, the generosity, God, of last week. And, and we just say we, we love you. And we invite you in the midst of, of the good and the bad, the joys and the sorrow. God, we invite you now to meet us in this moment. Would speak to our hearts and draw us deeper into our relationship with you, God. Draw us into a life that impacts so many lives um, for your goodness and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I love this question, do you love me? Um, Jesus comes to Peter, he's failed him. And, and what this shows, just first of all, is, is just so important. Um, what, what this shows us is that failure isn't final. It's really important for us to know this today, that no matter how we've failed um, in our life, no matter how we've failed Jesus. Our failure is never final. So I love this story in John chapter 21. 
Peter's failed Jesus. He's failed him miserably. He denied Jesus. I never knew you while he was going to the cross. I mean, that is a massive failure. And what does Jesus do with, with Peter's failure? Isn't it amazing? He comes and he meets him in his failure. And if you look at the story, if you look at the bigger context, Jesus actually shows up and he cooks breakfast for Peter and the boys. And it's over this meal that Christ is preparing that with his own hands that he restores Peter back to service again. Isn't that a beautiful picture? So failure wasn't final for Peter. And failure isn't final for you. Is there anyone here today who'd say, yeah, I've, I've failed in life? And I would say, yeah, my hand is up, right? We've all failed, and, and I know what it's like to fail. I know what it's like to fail Jesus. I know what it's like to, to fail in, in different areas of my life, and I think we all fail. And some of us here today have failed in business. We, some of us have maybe failed in a relationship. There are those of us here today who maybe have a failed marriage. I think about parents and, and being a a dad, and, and there are days where we just feel like we have failed as a parent. We have setbacks, or we make a bad decision, or, or there's high hopes for how our life is going to go, and somehow we fail. So I know what it's like to fail. We know what it's like to experience failure. And it's not just in our life, but it's in our relationship with Jesus. Failing as Peter did. You know, doing something that we knew we shouldn't have done or we said something we shouldn't have said. We crossed a line we swore we would never cross. Or just living our life in a way of just, we don't know Jesus. And, and, and there's so many times in my life where I have failed Jesus and I haven't been the person that he's called me to be. And isn't it amazing that, you know, in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our helplessness, in the midst of our, man, I just messed up. Isn't Jesus amazing? Because isn't it incredible that Jesus still wants to have breakfast with us? And that's the beauty of the story, is that Jesus still wants to have breakfast with you. And that's his love, and that's his grace. And if Jesus would have breakfast with Peter, who failed him like that, just imagine what Jesus could do in your life. We love a God that meets us in our failure. And that's what the cross is all about. The cross is God meeting us in our failure, dying for our sins and rising from the dead. And so because of the cross, we are accepted not because of what we do or don't do. We're accepted because of what Christ has done for us. And that's his grace. That's his love for us. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord, not even failure, can separate us, can separate you from his love. The Bible says it's by grace that we're saved through faith. And so I just want to encourage you today and say that for those who believe, and I know many of you do believe, the truth today of the story is that your failure isn't final. A failure is an opportunity for your life to be changed by Jesus Christ. It's an opportunity because Christ is going to meet you in the midst of that failure. That's his grace. That's his love. And he meets us in our failure. And he invites us to move forward in our life. It's so powerful. And he does this with a question. And the question is, do you love me? 
It's a question he's asking us today. Do you love Jesus Christ? Is there a love for Christ deep in your heart? Because you may have failed. You may not believe in yourself, but Jesus believes in you. And he's asking you today, do you love me? He's inviting you to make a change in your life. And he comes to us in the midst of our failures to identify something deep in our heart that can help us move forward And it's our love for him. And so when Jesus comes to Peter, he's restoring something that is deep in Peter's heart. And he comes to Peter and he looks at Peter in the eye and he says, Peter, do you love me? It's a great question, isn't it? Do I love Jesus? Is there a love for Jesus in my heart? And he asks Peter that question, not just once, but three times. Very interesting, right? He asks it three times. So Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yeah, I love you. And Jesus asked him again. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus asked Peter a third time. Can you imagine Jesus looking you in the eye a third time saying, do you love me? And what the Bible says in verse 17 is that Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him that question a third time. Why did the third time hurt Peter so much? How many times did he deny Jesus? Three times, right? Jesus never mentions Peter's failure. But he asks this powerful question three times. Do you love me? And the third question hits and it's like deja vu for Peter. It's like, oh, do you love me? Three times he denied Jesus. Three times he's forgiven by Jesus. And three times he gets to say, I love you instead of I don't know you. Isn't that beautiful? And so with the question, God... Jesus comes and he restores Peter. It's so beautiful. But it goes even deeper than this. It's even more interesting because Jesus and Peter are using two different words in this this conversation. And uh, scripture is written in Greek. And so we see two different Greek words for love being used here. It's very interesting. Um, One of the words is agape, which means unconditional love. Maybe you've heard that word before. Agape love. Unconditional love. And so there's the word agape in this conversation. And then there's the word Phileo, which is friendship love. It's similar to Philadelphia. Um, It's that friendship kind of love. And essentially the conversation goes like this. Jesus says, do you agape me, Peter? Do you love me unconditionally? And what does Peter say? What if Jesus looked at you? Do you love me unconditionally? I think we'd respond like Peter did. Well, you know, Lord. Because who can do that? And so Peter says, you know I phileo you. I love you like a friend. He's wrestling with his own failure. Then he says it again. Do you agape me? Jesus says, do you agape me, Peter? Love me unconditionally. And Peter says a second time, you know I phileo you, Lord. I love you like a friend. And then this is very interesting. The third time Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a friend? And Peter says, yes, Lord. You know I phileo you. I love you like a friend. Isn't it so powerful how Jesus meets us right where we're at? 
And he says, you love me, Peter? You love me like a friend? Then love me like a friend. He's awakening something that was lost in Peter's heart. He's awakening a wholehearted love for Jesus Christ. It's a love that's born from Jesus' unconditional, radical, passionate, forgiving, never-ending, never-failing love for us. And Jesus is inviting you today to step into that love. Do you love Jesus? Okay, step into that love. Enter that love wherever you're at today. Love him. Step into that love. It is a love. We love him because he first loved us. And he meets us in our failure. He says, do you love me? Then love me. Come on. There's a great story that came from a TED Talk not too long ago. And um, it's the story of this high school math teacher. And uh, this math teacher worked with some of the most affluent students. And she would take these students in high school that were at the 98th percentile for math. And she would work with them. She'd work all year and she would, she would get them to the 99th percentile. And she did this for many years, taking students from the 98th percentile to the 99th percentile. And after doing that for many years, she got tired of raising students just one percentage point. And so she decided to do something different, and she took a job in the inner city, teaching students in some of the you know, most difficult environments. And boy, as she, she began to teach in the inner city, she was astounded. And as these students would come into high school and freshman math, there were many of these students that couldn't even do basic math computations. And so she knew that she had her work cut out for her. She began to teach and um, she began to work with these students. And one day she was grading a freshman boy's paper. And as she was grading this paper in just another, you know, challenging situation, she began to realize that she couldn't, she couldn't grade papers in the inner city the way that she had been grading them before. You see, before when she was grading a student's paper, she would write minus one. Or she'd write minus two. She'd write minus three, and that was about as far as she ever got. As she looked at this student's paper, she realized she was going to have to write minus 97. And then put a big F on the paper. She thought about it, and she's like, what am I going to do? She thought about it, she looked at the paper, and... She decided to do something she had never done before. And so on this student's paper, she writes plus three. And she put, puts a smiley face on it. Student got the paper back. And immediately the boy goes up to his teacher. And he says, I, I know I'm not very good at math, but this is an F, right? <laughs> And the teacher like, wants to be encouraging. She's like, yeah, that's right. Good job. That's an F. <laughs> he says, can I ask you something? Why did you put a smiley face on my paper? And she said, the reason I put a smiley face on your paper is because when I first got here, you had zero answers right. And after just a few weeks, you now have three answers. 
Imagine how many answers you're going to get in the next few weeks. In the next year, imagine how many answers you'll get right. In the next four years. And she began to call forth something out of this young man's life. And she began to build hope in his heart. And little by little, those words came to pass. And he did. He got plus 20. And plus 55. Plus 72. And then the day came when he got plus 100. And he graduated from high school. And he took his exams. And he got into the college of his choice. And at this TED Talk, he got the opportunity to come out with his teacher who had changed his life. See, that's what it, that's what it means to look at somebody with eyes of restoration. And when Jesus looks at you and when he looks at Peter, he doesn't look at you with eyes of condemnation. He looks at you with eyes of restoration. And that's the power of this question today. Do you love Jesus? He's affirming his love for you. He's inviting you to step into his love. And to be... Begin to imagine what's really possible for your life. He loves you. And the question is, do you love him? And maybe for you today, for the first time in your life, you say, yeah, I love Jesus and I want to follow him. But he is affirming his love for us. He's inviting us into his love. He's offering us hope. It's such a powerful truth that our failure doesn't determine our future. Because of who Jesus is and how he meets us in our failure. And he's inviting us to move forward. And the question that moves us forward is, do you love me? You guys know what the greatest commandment is in the Bible? It's to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's nothing greater you can do than to love God with all of your heart. And it's not because he needs our love, right? But it's because we need his love. And that's the power of this question. Because his love can change our life. And so if you're here today, if you're saying, yeah, I love Jesus. He's going to do a work of restoration in your life. He's going to do a work of transformation. And where it leads is where he leads Peter next. He says, do you love me? And then he says, feed my sheep. And we see that in the scripture. We see that to love God is the greatest commandment. But the second is like it, Jesus said, and he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we love Jesus today, our opportunity is to share his love with somebody in our life. And so we today, we want to say, yeah, I love Jesus, and so let's go share his love. Let's go impact somebody's life. Let's be like that teacher who, who shared, just shared love and changed somebody's life. So let's get out and share his love. I love this story because every time Jesus says, do you love me? He says, okay, feed my sheep. Look at John 21, 17. This is the third time. He, Jesus says, do you love me? Jesus said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And isn't it remarkable that Jesus says this three times? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? 
feed my sheep. This is something close to Jesus' heart. So what does this mean, feed my sheep? Uh, I, I heard an interesting statistic this week. It said that um, sheep are the most frequently mentioned animal in the entire Bible. Isn't that great? If you're going to read your Bible, you're going to encounter a lot of sheep. But Jesus uses this image of sheep for those who are going to come and follow him. And uh, it goes back to John 10. A few chapters earlier, Jesus says this. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. Do you see Jesus' love for the world? His love for us. He lays down his life for the sheep. He goes after the lost sheep. He says, I must bring them in also. And then he goes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? All right, feed my sheep. Get out there and share my love. Isn't it interesting when Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep, there were no sheep. You thought about that? There were no sheep. And so, so Peter has this opportunity to go out to bring in the sheep, to love them, to strengthen them, to serve them, and that's exactly what he did. A man who had failed so miserably is now going out to share the love of Jesus Christ with the world. As we look at Peter, years later, he, he would invite others to do the same. 1 Peter 5, years later, Peter writes this. He says, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, being examples to the flock. And here at Hope, of course, we have a team of elders and pastors who've answered this call. And, and today we have four active elders. We have uh, Chick back there, Chick and Dom and Tom and myself and... If I can just speak for the guys, we are here to support you and to strengthen you in your faith. We want to love you and care for you. And we just want to ask you guys to, you know, as things are going on in your life, would you help us out? Would you let us know? Would you invite us in? Because we're here for you. We want to care for you. And uh, there's, there's many more of you than there are of us. So a great way to help us out is just say, hey, I've just got something going on in my life. Will you pray for me? Will you help me. You know, I'm thinking about getting baptized this summer. Talk to me about baptism. That's what we're here for. We're here for you. We're here to serve you. But I think it's more than that. And I love this line at the end where it says, being examples to the flock. And one thing I love about the guys I serve with, and what I love about so many of you here at Hope, is that you've given your life to Jesus Christ. And you've given your life to sharing his love with the people around you. And that, that's what our passion is, is we want to be examples to the flock because we believe in every one of you. And we believe that God is going to use you in incredible ways. Do you believe that? Like your life is going to impact so many lives. And I'm just so excited because this is where we're going as a church. We've got an opportunity in a couple of weeks. We're going to have a bunch of kids here. And we have the opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ with those kids. And it's going to transform their life. We have an opportunity this fall to do this course, Tangible Kingdom. What's that about? 
It's about learning how to love the people God has put in our life. Where we live, where we work, where we play. A neighbor, a classmate. Why are we doing this? Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And God is going to change this world through you and through the love that you're going to share with the people around you. And so this is an opportunity for us to be strengthened in God's love and to share that with other people. And, and I know what happens is, is we immediately get in our heads and we start saying, oh, God could never use me. Uh, have you ever thought that? God could never use me. And I just want to say today, if God can use Peter, who failed him three times, God can use you. And a lot of people's lives are going to be impacted. Your children, neighbors, coworkers, this church, because of the love that is being shared. The love that we receive from Jesus, sharing that with the world, is so powerful. So as we wrap up today, I just invite the, the worship team up. For every one of us here, we all fail in many ways. And failure is never final. And the question on the table today is, do you love Jesus? Do you love him? Is there a love of Jesus in your heart today? Look, it doesn't have to be unconditional, sacrificial, agape love. He meets us right where we're at. Peter says, I love you like a friend. Then Jesus says, love me like a friend. Jesus is trying to awaken something deep in our hearts today that's going to help us to move forward in our life. And it's love for him. And it starts with his love for us. Is unconditional, sacrificial, never-ending, never giving up, meet you in your failure, have breakfast with you, cook it, serve you, die on a cross for your sins, rise from the dead kind of love. So let's step into that love. Let's embrace that love and let's share it with the world. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love and thank you that no matter how we fail, no matter how helpless we feel at times, no matter the lies we believe that you could never use us or that our life might not, not matter or count. I just think there's someone here today who, who needs to receive your love and needs to know how much you love them. So God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving us in the midst of sin and failure, dying on the cross for our sins. We love you for that. We love you for the way that you love us. And if we could just share that love with one person, if we could just share that love with a parent or someone who's hurt us, if we could share that love with, with our church or with someone who doesn't know you, God, that's, that's what we're asking today. I pray that we would be a church that has deeply encountered the love of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Transform us, change us, use us. Thank you for the truth, God, that you're going to do unbelievable things in our lives. So we say yes to that. We say yes to your love. We say yes to sharing your love with the people around us today. In Jesus' name, amen.